Now I'm on. All right. Good to see you folks this evening. I'm glad to be here. Uh, uh, Brother Roger called, and he does that quite often when he's going to be out of town. He trusts me, evidently. And I'll tell you one of the reasons he probably does. I don't know how many of you know, but he and I pray every Tuesday morning for quite some time. And uh, sometimes we miss. One of us have to be out of town or, or have some appointments. But uh, he is a faithful prayer partner and warrior of mine. And I appreciate that. I, we just, uh, he, he usually begins our prayer together and then I will close us out. And we certainly have a good time on those Tuesday mornings. If you ever want to be with us, he, he shows up there about uh, five or six minutes, eight, ten minutes before nine, and we pray till we get finished. <laughs> so uh, close the door and have a good time together, and I appreciate your pastor. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and also uh, going to look at verse number 16, and, and in Matthew uh, chapter number 6, we're going to look at verse 19 and following in Matthew I wanted to, to share a message this evening and that's simply called uh, uh, the words of Jesus. And when I began to think about that, that, you know, the words of Jesus, one of the things I did and I have done since I began to think about that, I have went back in Matthew and began to read uh, my book, my, my Bible is red lettered, and b- b- reading all the red le- words beginning in Matthew, and now I'm through Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, now I've got to go over to the Revelation to pick up some more because there are some words there that he spoke in the book of Revelation. That has truly been a blessing to me, just as my, my reading and, and reading of God's Word, just the words of Jesus. And there are some, and I've been a preacher a long time. I've been in New Orleans Seminary back in the day, and I run across, well, I didn't know it said that. You know, I can come across something, wow, all of a sudden, something just jumps out at you. And it probably happens to you from time to time. A verse that you've quoted, a verse that you've thought about, and then all of a sudden, the, the windows just fly open and you say, wow, uh, I get it now. So, in Colossians chapter number uh, 3 and verse number uh, 16 we find these words and he and the writer here paul being the writer he says let the word of christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your heart to the lord so we're going to let the words of christ dwell in us richly look back now and i want to read from Matthew chapter number 6, verse 19, and following some of those words that Jesus spoke while he was on the earth. He says in verse 19 and following, Let us uh, let n- <clears throat> lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where the thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for whence for where your treasure is there will be your your heart be also the light of the body is the eye if therefore thine eye be single thy whole body shall be full of light but if thine eye be evil the thy whole body shall be full of darkness 
If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, verse number 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of your life. Well, this, this passage now down through the end of this book would cure a lot of our anxiety if we would just trust in the Lord. Look what he, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of your life, what ye shall, uh, shall eat, or wherewith uh, ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what shall be put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment behold the fowls of the air for they sow not neither do they reap uh, nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feedeth them are you not much better than they which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his statue and why take uh, ye thought for raiment consider the lilies of the field how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is today, which today is, and the morrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now look at the next verse. If we'll do that, he says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore... No thought for the morrow, for the morrow uh, shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, I pray that you will bless the reading of your word. And God, help us, each individual person here this evening, hide your words in our heart that we might not sin against you. And God, help us to proclaim that word with boldness, and with faith that it's not going to return void, we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I think as I begin to think about this evening and, and even in days past, our attitude toward the words that fell from the lips of Jesus, I believe will determine our success as children of God. That's one of the statements that I learned and I go back and I begin to read just those statements that Jesus made. And, and it has, uh, and I've just did that recently, and it has just filled my heart with joy. You know, Jesus was, will determine our success, our happiness, and our, our usefulness as his servants if we will get in his word and let those words penetrate our heart and our life. Our Lord pronounced a beatitude upon his disciples because they were perceptive in that they used their eyes to see and their ears to hear. To hear. Matthew, I just read that. He speaks in the imperative. He speaks 
He who has ears, let him hear. He who has eyes, let him see. Our Lord brings the Sermon on the Mount, if you read all of that, to a climactic conclusion by illustrating uh, the value of not only hearing the word, but doing the word. I've, I've got a phrase that I know it wasn't by me. I know I've heard it somewhere. I don't know where, but I've just used it recently and, and often. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one anytime. Because what people see is what in their mind is real. I can stand, or Brother Roger can stand in this pulpit and preach from the Word of God the un, an adulterated, inerrant Word of God and go out that door out there and things I do can destroy that message. So I go back to the idea, let us, all of you, I may be the only preacher. Is there other preachers here, other ordained preachers? But every one of you are a spokesman for God or a preacher for God. Let your life preach your message. There'll be somebody tug you on a pants leg one day and says, why are you the way you are? Why do you think the way you think? Glad you asked. <laughs> Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. That's why I do what I do. That's what I try to do. The, to accept the words of Jesus into our innermost being is to serve and to serve uh, guide us in the efforts and the vitality and the energy to be effective in the world that we now live. I, I've probably said, I don't know if I've said it here or not, but I've said it about where I've been uh, lately. Uh, when I look at America, I, I read the scriptures and, and the Bible tells us what's happening in America was going to happen. I just never thought I would live to see it. It's happening quicker now than any, than I can even imagine that things that are going in our world today. And we need to, to be able to stand up and, and, to be, and let God proclaim through our hearts and our lives. We need to get back to, to, the, to James where he says we are to be doers and not uh, hearers of the word only. And then we need to think of that Colossians scripture that I read a little while ago. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And I, I thank God that we have that opportunity to do that. As, as we begin, as we continue through, we're almost two months into uh, 2017. And let us determine as we go forward in this year to study and memorize some of the great truths that Jesus spoke. Go back to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and set to memory some of those great truths that he spoke that fell from the lips of Jesus when he was walking on the earth for, uh, for 33 years, three of those years very intently uh, training his disciples to carry on the work once he, once he left the earth. So let Christ commend us. Let, it, is, it is very important that we note in the seven letters to the church, if you go over in, in, in the book of Revelation uh, in Asia Minor, 
that the, all of the salutations except for one, our Lord spoke words, as bad as they were, he spoke words of condemnation, or uh, com words of commending them, not condemnation, commending them for the work that they were doing before he ever said anything negative about what may have been going on in some of those seven churches, uh, one of them in particular. But I think that's what we need to do as children of God at South Clinton and all the other 47 churches of this association and me in particular. We need to let the words of Christ dwell in us richly to the point that they flow out of us to those that may not believe and ultimately ask us, why are you the way you are? Uh, did any of, you, any of you know Paul Webster? You remember Paul Webster? Paul Webster, Larry Webster's father. Larry was with me, and Paul was too when I was at Clinch River. He and I were in a restaurant in, Knox, in Knoxville years ago. Paul's been in heaven uh, a lot of years now. And we were standing in line to, pl to pr pay our bill, and a lady behind me touched, punched me on the shoulder, and she said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I wondered, how did she know? And I still don't know. You know, she just said there was something about our demeanor, maybe our conversation at the table, or the fact that we prayed over our food. She may have been sitting there close by. Whatever that, I hope my life betrays who I am. It will. I just hope when it's betrayed, it will be Christ-like, and that I don't do things that will cause hindrance to God's Word. We need to let His word commend us we need also secondly we need to let the word of jesus christ correct us we need as i've already said hide his words in our heart that we would not sin against god let this book be our our correcting book the one that we try to live our lives by one that we hold dear and when Things are not going as well as we ought to. May we go to this word and all of us, every one of us, make mistakes. The only person that ever lived on the earth and never sinned or made a mistake got himself crucified for you and me. And I thank the Lord for that. All the rest of us, he's still working on. All right? And that's okay. We are a work in progress. So let us be good stewards of that. We all sin against God. We all sin against the future. Each one of us stand in need of correcting some things in our lives. Uh, we, we get frustrated with people. We get angry with people. We let our tempers fly off the handle sometimes and say things uh, hurtfully or hatefully to someone. And sometimes when those words go out this mouth, you can't get them back once they fall on an ear. We can try to fix it and, and get it, but we cannot do all of that. Along with the words of, of, of uh, uh, commendation our, uh, of our Lord, it, uh, we keep that in our heart. His word will abide in us richly. His word will speak to us concerning those characteristics in our life that are self-destructive, uh, those harmful things that we do that may harm others or ourselves. We will begin to do that if we will let his word dwell in us richly. Get in the word. Get in God's word. He does this not in order to condemn us or to put us down. 
He wants to correct us so that we can achieve our highest potential in this life. I want to be, I haven't arrived. I have not arrived. I want to be all that God wants me to be. But I want you also to know, you know, I've been a pastor on near 40 years now or a director of missions or in some ministry. I, some of you know I spent 22 years in the Air Force and decided to retire early and went to seminary and, and, and pastor down in Mississippi from 1979 and then I moved up here eight years later. But, but I want to be doing something for Jesus when he says, come on home. I hope I'm physically and mentally able to do that. And thank God that he lets us and gives us those opportunities. Each of us would be wise to bring our lives under the correction which the Lord gave to his disciples when he said, hide these words in your heart. And then thirdly, let the words of, of Christ commission us. He did not save us to sit down and do nothing. He wants to commission us. As we read the words of Jesus, we should look for words uh, of command. There are things that he wants to accomplish through us. And he come with a purpose of love giving commands that we should accept and commission and share with people all around us. The Great Commission is all-inclusive. In, it claims, in, in its claim upon our lives and, and the resources that we have. Each of us is to be a witness and a worker for our Lord in the personal world in which we live. If we would just let the words of Christ dwell in us richly, he would commission us from day to day as we walk the road of life. We also need to let the words of God, the words of Christ, cheer us on. It's easy. I've done it. It's easy to grow weary in well-doing. All of us have experienced discouragement as we face the uphill struggles of life. And as we have sought to carry the burden that fall upon us, discouragement comes. The, the great discourager, when I get down in the mouth, the great discourager who is Satan, always the chief, chief of all uh, Satan, he's the chiefest of chief among that, that era. But we need to understand the method of his bringing our personal defeat is when we give in to him and, and we allow what he is wanting us to do to lead us in all that. All of us stand in need of having a cheerleader at a time of for a time of encouragement and to face difficulties. The obstacle toward living a victorious life in Christ is to surround ourselves with people that are saved and like-minded and will be a cheerleader, not a condemner. Most of us, when we fail, we know it. 
but it's all it's great when someone comes alongside uh, and says I prayed for you this morning I don't know if, if brother Roger has mentioned this and I don't do this to bring any any glory to me but I pray for every pastor in this association every Sunday morning about 5 a.m. And then I send them a message, every one of them, that I have their email and say, simply says, I prayed for you this morning. Sometimes I'll add a little verse there. Sometimes I'll add a word of encouragement. But those guys know every Sunday morning I'm going to be calling them by name. I just don't say bless all the pastors and Clinton Baptist Association. In fact, I've got not only the pastors, the youth pastors that I know, uh, that I know, their name is on that list as well, the youth, youth guys. So I ask you to do that, that you will to be faithful. If we will just memorize some of the words of God that fell from Jesus' lip, if we will just lift up the folks that we know in, the, in prayer, if we will speak to them, if we will just let them know we're there as an encourager and, and someone that wants to see them succeed as a disciple of Christ. No one, listen to this, no one can do your sleeping for you except you. No one can do your eating for you except you. No one can let the words of Christ dwell in you richly except you and me. Begin today, I'm asking you, begin today to get a personal program of memorizing selective verses from God's Word. Hide His words in our heart that we might not sin against God. When I was in New Orleans Seminary, Dr. Landrum Level was the president of the seminary when I went to school there. And Dr. Level said in a message, and I've never forgotten, I left, I, I graduated from that seminary back in the 80s. And I've never forgot what he said from the pulpit of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary Chapel. He said, not even God can preach from an empty bucket. So he pointed at his head and said, keep something in the bucket. Because you don't know when you're going to need to get it out and share it with somebody. So keep the bucket full. And that stuck with me all these years. And I appreciate Dr. Level for having shared that with us. He also went through the dorm one time. Now, I didn't live in the dorm. I, I lived, Minnie and I were married then. And in chapel, he got up and he said, I am convinced. Uh, this is off the subject, way off the subject. He said, I am convinced that we got more scold brothers in this seminary than we do soul brothers. <laughs> so he must have found some tobacco in the dorm rooms as he was going through the seminary. But anyway, he, he's a great guy. Dr. Level uh, is, is, is a super guy. And that's what he said. Not even God can speak from an empty bucket. Therefore, he said, keep something in the bucket. You don't know when you're going to need it. There ought to be two or three sermons floating around in the minds of every pastor. There ought to be two or three testimonies in every Christian floating around in our mind and we walk and we don't know who we're going to encounter and want to ask us a question about what God is doing in, in your life or how can I you know I've, I've had people uh, say to me you know I how do you do what you do why do you do what you do 
And I'm say, I'm glad you asked. It's not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I try to serve him. So, folks, let me cheer you on. This is hopefully a cheerful sermon. That the words of, let the words of Christ dwell in us richly. Let us lay our entire being at the feet of Jesus and say to him, here am I, send me. Here am I, use me. Here am I, speak to me. And one of the greatest instruments that we have where Jesus speaks to us, we call it the Bible. Someone said, I, you know, that I don't know, I've not heard, not heard him speak audibly. I, I don't know that I have. I, through my mind, I have felt that. But this word does. He gave us this book. And in it are pages and pages and pages of words that fell from his lips. And one of them, and I'll close with this, one of them was he was hanging on the cross arms outstretched, about to die. And one of those words was, it is finished. And you and I know he wasn't talking about his life for three days later he's alive. You know what he was saying? I think he mustered up enough strength to look up to heaven and say to his father, I did what you sent me to do. The job you sent me to do I have finished. I hope I can say that someday. I hope I'm able to say that. It is finished. I did what you want me to do. And I ask each of you to think about that. Don't leave anything undone. If God lays someone on your heart, that's probably for a reason. Give them a phone call or a now text message or something. And say, I was just thinking about you. That could revitalize one's spirit to a point that you would say, they see you next time, you say, wow. <laughs> you know, just a simple message. I ask us to do that. Let his word dwell in you richly. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for South Clinton. Thank you for these who are here. And God, do help us to let your word dwell in us richly, that we might not sin against you, but also that we might share it.